Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday. Hope you're navigating the snow flurries safely, cautiously. Hope you're staying warm out there. I'm Coulter Nuanez coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. Uh, interesting day yesterday when it comes to election stuff. We don't talk much politics around here, but I think the polls were pretty full, pretty, pretty robust around the state of Montana. So hopefully you got out there and voted. And uh, also funny because one thing that kind of got overshadowed by the election and just the fervor for football is that it was national signing day during the early national signing period for men's and women's basketball, uh, as well as uh, for volleyball at the Division One level. So we'll have a little roundup of what's going on at the college sports programs uh, that aren't football uh, here later on this week. Uh, my congratulations to all the uh, the athletes that signed. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? We did our uh, FCS Bracketology with Sam Herter of Hero Sports, senior FCS analyst there at Hero Sports. What's the uh, playoff bracket look like right now? Uh, Sam gave us a breakdown of how he projects it right now with two weeks left in the regular season. We also heard from Taylor Housewright, the offensive coordinator for the Montana State Bobcats. And we talked some Chris Hockey. Andrew will be in touch for who uh, won the Desperado Wings. Had a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. And uh, we also had a pair of Chris Hockey tickets. So we will uh, get in touch with whoever won the text to win there shortly. But it's Wednesday, so that means it's time to go to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. It's our ESPN roundtable, and we are happy to be joined by a guy who joined us several times during last football season. It's getting to be that time of year now that it's November. Long time Big Sky Conference coach, a guy who played his football in the Big Sky Conference uh, decades ago, and a guy I love talking football with. It's Mike Kramer, the big human here on uh, Nuanas Now. Coach, what's going on, man? How you doing? <laughs> Hey, Coulter. Now, listen, I played in the Big Sky 50 years ago wow. this year. So, how's that sound? I love it. Well, that was the first thing that made me think of you because <laughs> you, you played for the Idaho Vandals back in the day. And uh, one of the most fun and most interesting storylines here uh, in the Big Sky this year has been the resurgence of the Vandals. They got themselves a new head coach. And I don't know if that's the only thing that's made all the difference in the world, but it has certainly made a world of difference. And Idaho has surged all the way into the top 15. They had a signature win in Missoula. So uh, we'll start there. What have you thought uh, of your alma mater this year uh, under first-year head coach Jason Eck? Well, they are pretty. They are a pretty football team. I mean, when you look at them, you look at their linemen, you look at the linebackers, you look at the wideouts, they are long and they are lean. They are not. Oh, Oompa Loompas, uh, they, they know what they're doing, and they 
are not afraid to play a style of football that North Dakota State and Jason Eck have, have, have brought to the uh, to the police, and they're also ably led by a really dynamic player and and McCoy. I mean, he's just really had a, been a big spark because he's got you know some quality receivers to throw to, but he's also played within himself. I think he's sixteen and five in terms of touchdowns, and interceptions, and that's really really outstanding for a young guy in his first year as a starter. So they're fun to watch. They're fun to play. They're fun to. To see what's going on, it's fun to see the resurgence of that program that's been down for quite a while, especially since when they made the move to Division One. I was one of the guys who said, this is crazy. This is not what the University of Idaho can be, and you can't be in Moscow and chase Boise. That's Right. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty obvious that that was not going to work, so I'm glad to see that Idaho's back in the conference and, and doing so well. And, and it also mirrors something that's happened down at Sacramento, in that, with the arrival of Troy Taylor, the Sacramento Hornets, they don't look like any Sacramento team or program I've ever seen. Never. Never did they have so many good-looking athletes across the board, guys that can do things that uh, are used. I mean, they have outstanding individual players over the years, uh, but they've never had a team that looked like this, and that's why Sacramento State has been so good for the last three years. It has been fascinating to watch because I think that as we've seen this unbelievable changing in the landscape of college football with the transfer portal and the comings and goings of players and coaches and the redistribution of conferences and all those sort of things, I think that, though, what we've seen in the big sky this year is that the teams that can coalesce and come together and play with great chemistry and play uh, with a sort of cohesive mentality are the ones that are coming out on top. I mean, you look at the, the margin of victory or the margin of defeat in these games. You know, I mean, <laughs> Montana, Montana State's, I think, 16 points away from being 3-3. Three and three. The Grizzlies are 3-3 three and three in league play. They're 17 points away from being undefeated. I mean, Sac State's about 17 points away from being 3-3 three and three as well. Uh, but I think it really does come down to coach just the, the ability for, I think it comes down to coaching first and foremost, but also... Uh, just sort of being able to believe. And I think that it's a testament to these programs that they've been able to sort of form cohesiveness uh, in this time of turmoil throughout college sports. No question, culture. You know, when you talk about all the integers that are involved in having a successful program, be it stadium, administration, coaches, players, access to recruiting, NIL money, uh, any, any of that stuff, transfer portal stuff like that. There's just so many more notches on the wheel of fortune that it's it's amazing when you can have consistent success and have and you know rise a program and make it consistent for a long period of time. And having done that at a couple of programs in the conference as a head coach, what Troy Taylor has done at Sacramento State is nothing short of awesome. They don't have a new stadium. They don't have a heck of a lot more they had back in the day when they were you know struggling to get enough people. Uh, you know, to, to play, let alone to their games. And they don't have an outstanding – I know they had a great crowd against Weaver State the other night, but it's not 30,000. It's not 26,000. And it's the same thing at Weaver State. You know, Weaver State build a, uh, came in with a program that had been up and down and consistent and inconsistent, and that coaching staff has just done a fabulous job. And what they still don't have, they still don't have 
you know, 15,000, 16,000 people at a game. And I played the other night against Sacramento State in front of 7,000 people. Yet they've been able to consistently find those notches on that wheel of fortune that enable them to be on top of the conference or near the top of the conference and certainly playing for a playoff berth this coming weekend and, and, and on and on. So Sacramento State and Weber State, to me, are the real big stories uh, in the conference over the last couple of years. Of course, Montana State. Uh, has has found a way to to do it without having to have, you know, a, a great 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 quarterback in a in a passer. They've been able to do it on the ground in a running game. In fact, uh, it's interesting to me that the top two teams in the conference uh, have 56 rushing touchdowns, and where those the top two passing teams in the conference only have 40 touchdowns this year. So the run has come back to the Big Sky Conference in a big way. Uh, especially the uh, teams that feature a running quarterback, and that makes uh, all much more harder to play defense in this conference. It has always been a conference that's been pretty wide open. Mike Kramer joining us here on Nuanas Now. He uh, played in the Big Sky, coached in the Big Sky for years and years, stops at Montana State, Eastern Washington, back to MSU as the head coach, and then at Idaho State most recently, and a guy that joined us throughout last football season as well to help break down Big Sky Conference football. It's our ESPN Roundtable. It's presented in part by uh, Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls always has a full slate of college football on their 30 big screen TVs. So if you need a place to go watch all the action across the Big Sky, across the FCS, across the FBS, go check out Paradise Falls, located at 3621 Brook Street here in Missoula. Um, Coach, you mentioned just the, the, the factors that can go into take, making a program take off. I think that that's really interesting because you, know, you saw in the early 80s with the the construction of the Kibbe Dome and, and Holt Arena and what that did for Idaho and Idaho State. And then you saw the construction of Washington Grizzly Stadium in the mid-1980s and what that did for Montana. And then, you know, the expansion of, of Bobcat Stadium and, and how much that helped launch the Bobcats during the Rob Ash era. And, you know, from the Red Turf and Cheney to the Champion Center for the Grizz, I mean, it's an arms race across the board. And it is so interesting to see that Sac State has become the team to beat in the Big Sky. 21 out of the last 22, they've won in Big Sky Conference play, and they've done it without this gigantic influx of money or this influx of facilities. So, I mean, you mentioned just sort of their offensive numbers, but in your mind, what are the factors that have helped Sac State rise to the top? When you watch the Hornets, what do you see? Well, the first thing is is they have not had to play murder, you know, a couple times a year. You know, a couple weeks ago when Montana State went out and played at Oregon State, they played a good football team, and they got 50 hung on. And I'm just telling you, um, to me, the, the greatest admonition that I could give any coach or any administrator in the Big Sky Conference is quit scheduling your teams into into a corner. And you, and you do that when you play one or two of these games. You know, uh, Idaho or excuse me, Eastern went to Florida. How did that taste? And, and you can see that if you can build your program without having to resort to sending your teams, you know, against over the waterfall, uh, not just to sustain their program, but to sustain programs inside of your pro, inside of your entire athletic department, you don't give yourself a chance. And I think, you know, I'm retired, so <laughs> it's easy for me to speak from the other side of the hill. And I, I would just, as, if I was a president or an athletic director, I would just tell all of my coaches, not just my football coach, I'd say, hey, here's your budget, live within it, and then I'd schedule for success. And those teams that are able to schedule for success, i.e. Sacramento State, it doesn't has not had to play you know, these monster 
beat up Nebraska, Georgia, Oklahoma games like some other schools have to. Well, all of a sudden, you get a little taste of success. Your guys get a little more confident. Your depth gets to play a little bit more. Your coaches are not harried and exasperated by looming disaster. And pretty soon, you got a chance. You got a fighting chance. And if you're in a recruiting area where guys, and <laughs> moms and dads, you come and watch you play, and and you have you have the advantages that many of us saw Sacramento State could have for years that they were just never able to develop. And so the same thing happens at Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington's in a captive area. There's only three schools in the state that offer full scholarships, and two of them play in the Pac-12. Well, for years, Eastern Washington's been able to recruit a lot of players from the state of Washington that turn out to be excellent, excellent players. Yet, because they schedule themselves against the wind, against the wind, and they, they, they get a, a camp, on-campus attitude about what is the cost of really big-time sports or sports of any kind. It just wears and grinds in. Pretty soon, you're just not, you can't maintain momentum. You have to dig back down and find out what made you good before and rise it back up. And so if Sacramento State, for God's sakes, or Montana State or Weber State, if they slide and they slide for whatever reason, they're just going to have to look back at these years and say, okay, what did we do right? How did we do it the way we can do it? And how can we make sure that we have lasting success? And I, I guarantee you, man, there's enough money in everybody's program to not have four helmets. I mean, really. <laughs> Eastern Washington has four helmets, right? Four or five helmets. And they're, they won one big sky game. Now, really, once you trade all those helmets for one red helmet, you know, once you trade all those to be able to be in the upper tier of the conference. So it's it's an, it's an ax I want to grind, and I, I want to speak out for all those coaches who really can't say it. They can't say it to their administrators. They can't say it to the president. They can't say, hey, I'm not going to play that game so women's basketball can go to Bermuda or whatever. I'm going to say it because they, those guys can't. And scheduling is everything in football, as it is in all other sports. And, and a, a, a scheduling opportunity by which you don't have to go get your snot just busted out of you gives you a chance to be a pretty darn good program down the road. Mike Kramer joining us here on ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable. Such an interesting point, too, right? I mean, I was talking to Bruce Barnum about this earlier this year, and Bruce Barnum, Portland State's head coach, you know, they had to play uh, San Jose State and Washington to open up the year, and then they, they scheduled a bye week three because then they knew they had to come to Missoula to open up conference play. And he was sitting there saying, you know, hey, I think I have a pretty good team, but I'm also going to have to talk to these guys about being either 1-2 and two or 0-3 oh and three a month into the year. And he was like, you know, these are, are young men who are competitive athletes that truly believe that they're here to win all the time, no matter what the, you know, the, the tail of the tape or what the paper says or, you know, whatever the, the, the matchups on paper might play out like. And you've gone through this for years, uh, you know, when you were at Eastern Washington, Idaho State, and I know all, all those schools playing money games. How difficult is it? I remember, I remember there was a span there at Idaho State where you had to play back-to-back money games for a couple years in a row to start this season. I mean, it's hard on the guy's confidence, right? I mean, because the kids think that they can go compete, and then all of a sudden you're sitting there 0-3, and you don't really know where you're at in the scope of the FCS. It, it's tough on their mindset, right? Oh, buddy, there's a, hey, there's a great relationship between success and and what you think you have to have to be successful, you know, especially in the West where we have Oregon, who is really a, a stepchild of, of the Nike Corporation, 
All right. So yeah, they get a new uniform, they get a new helmet, and the kids say, "That's what I want. That's what I need. I need gloves. I need this." Da, 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 da. And pretty soon, you get you get caught up in, "Well, what do we have to have to be successful?" And really, what do you have to have to be successful? You need to be able to charter. You need to not have to bus everywhere you go. You need to be able to have clean, healthy, stable space to work in. You need to be able to have an educational opportunity for your guys to be able to be able to be successful. All that other stuff is just dentures. It just falls off like my hair did. <laughs> you don't need it. You really just don't. You really don't need it. What you really need is an opportunity, uh, you know, obviously for every kid to get his degree and an opportunity for every player to be able to have the most enjoyable experience in the sport possible. And to do that, you've got to win because I don't care how, much you've got if you don't win you it's not an enjoyable experience and i look back at my four years as a player at the university of idaho beginning in 1972 and every year we played washington washington state tcu we played just monster games every year and by the time we get into the big sky conference we were so depleted so disoriented so unused to win we couldn't win and we didn't and we did not win the conference uh it took till 1976 for Idaho to get back to winning Big Sky title that they won in 1971. And then finally, when Coach Erickson got there in the early 1980s, he said, hey, we're not going to play those guys. We're not. We're just not going to do that. And we might play one or two of those games every couple of years, but we're just not going to play those games. And look what happened to the Vandals. They rode all the way to the top and then <laughs> thought so highly of themselves, they put themselves in a situation they couldn't win again. Now they're back in the Big Sky Conference playing meaningful games, uh, maybe headed for the playoffs, which would be just an awesome opportunity for a program that really disregarded itself, did it to, did it to themselves for almost 20 years. So I'm proud of the Vandals. I'm proud of where they're at. I've always thought that if they could get the right coaching combination there, that this, it could be you know a dynamic deal again, like it was in the days of John Freeze and Doug Nussmeyer, and, and it seems like they're all back. But you also brought up something that I think is real important. <laughs> and I'm thinking about just this week. Uh, I'm thinking about Friday night. I'm thinking about Bruce Barnum. You talk about a trap game now. Sacramento State at Portland State. Now, wait a minute. And we're going to go down and play in Hillsborough Stadium, right? All right, so Sac State, who went to Weaver last week and won. Right? Two games. They're on top of the conference. 9-0. and one of the top schools in the United States, man, they're looking down a long barrel of a very bruising gun because Portland State really believes in themselves. And I watch them play. A, you know, the good thing about ESPN Plus, I get to see everybody play. And I get to see everybody play every weekend. I'm telling you what, Portland State's really, really become a good program here in November. Portland State is definitely good. I was impressed with them. I've watched them several times, and I thought they were Pretty darn good. Mike Kramer joining us here on the ESPN Roundtable. Uh, one of the last things I want to talk to you about, Krams, is that uh, you know you mentioned the sort of the one thing that's so fascinating to me is the the sort of the dynamic in life, in politics, in football, where the pendulum swings back and forth. You know, you sing it, you see it go one way and back the other way. And the Big Sky has had moments where it's this high flying league, and moments where it's this bruising league, and then moments where it's back to being high flying. And now here we are again. And the two teams that are on top of the league standings, Sac State and Montana State, are running the ball with great authority, two of the best rushing offenses in the conference. <laughs> and uh, it, it's amazing to watch. Uh, but w- why do you think that is? I mean, w- it seems like now that w- when you play the mimic game, 
teams are trying to match that style. And it's fascinating to me that we've gotten to this point, especially because broadly a lot of the rest of the football is so wide open. And these teams are spreading it out for sure, but they're finding a way to run the ball with so much authority even out of the spread. And, and let's make the distinction, Coulter. It's not they're not they're not taking chances with the ball. They're not they're not pitching it. They're not running option with it. I mean they're 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 fly sweeping it and they're quarterback running it and they're tailback running it and they're doing they're doing things that are a lot of wing T or <laughs> single wing type stuff that was popular way back when the sport was invented. And it's a lot of misdirection. It it it's a lot of uh, bad eyes by the safeties and the opposing team. But when your quarterback can run, what you can't do is you can't play too high safeties. Not if they're going to use a spread, spread set. So everybody comes out with, a, with four attack receivers on or near the line of scrimmage, whether it be two tight ends and two wide outs or one tight end and three wide outs. And that means that somehow, somewhere, somewhere in your defense, you've got two or three guys locked up man-to-man because you have to push one of the safeties down for the quarterback, otherwise you won't defend all gaps. If you don't, then not only your quarterback going to run, but your tailback's going to find a seam in there somewhere, and he's going to be pounding upfield. So the math of the sport requires a certain style of defense, and guess who plays that style of defense on every down? Weber State. Every down, man-to-man. Every down, lock you up, man-to-man. They put those corners on an island and they don't get out of it. I mean, they just don't do it. And ever since that coaching staff's been there, they've, they've played that way, and it's really paying dividends. And now I see a lot of big sky teams matching Weaver State on defense, playing tough man-to-man on the outside against the wideouts, pushing the safeties down into the box for the quarterback, and they're still, still able to run the ball, which is amazing for me, and I, I love it. It's... uh like you're saying, buddy, it's a great pendulum that's swinging one way. Um, <laughs> we won't say, you know, we don't want to say smash mouth football. You don't want to say that. I would say it this way. Hey, we're going to run the ball and we're going to make you like it. <laughs> and I believe both coaching staffs at Sacramento State and Montana State totally understand that. Their offensive linemen understand the onus on them. And as a guy who played on the the number one rushing Google record at the University of Idaho in 1975. Our, our record still stands. Um, I know how that feels when you're an offensive lineman and you know going into the game that you five guys are going to not have to knock them off the ball or we can't win. And I think that's true at both Sacramento State and Montana State right now, and it's it's fun to watch. Mike Kramer, our go-to guy now is talking history and trends in the Big Sky Conference. Again, I spent a long time coaching in the league, playing in the league, all of the above. Coach, this won't be the last time I hit you up throughout the rest of this uh, football season, but welcome back for the first time in 2022. It was great having you. Thanks so much for being here. You're welcome back anytime, and we'll talk to you soon. you got a great show, buddy. You do a great service for the state of Montana and everybody in the big sky. And thank you so very much for having me on. Look forward to it again, Culture. Take care. There you go. Mike Kramer. Best around, man. Love talking ball with that guy. Can't tell you how much I love talking ball with that guy. You know, sometimes you just come across guys that uh, are just people in your life that, uh, you know, you just you speak the same language. You you communicate with each other really well. And uh, ever since the first time I ever met Mike Kramer in Pocatello, Idaho, in 2011, when he has uh, just came back, I talked to him on the phone as a student journalist back in the mid 2000s when I was just a pup, but. 
I had never met him in real life person until he uh, he welcomed me into Pokey when he first was there as the head coach at Idaho State and uh, kept up with them ever since. And uh, he's taught me so much about the game of football, and I just love talking about the annals of the Big Sky Conference with uh, the Big Human. It's our ESPN Roundtable. It's presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls is a great gathering place for family and friends alike. Paradise Falls has their prime rib night back starting at 4 p.m. on Wednesdays, 2095 for a full prime rib dinner. You're going to get the uh, the big cut of meat, some salad, uh, some potatoes, some uh, some baked potatoes, uh, and uh, a dinner roll as well. That's every Wednesday starting at 4 p.m. They also have now a new early, early happy hour. It's an a.m. happy hour, a Morning happy hour. They still have their early and their late happy hour starting at 3 and at 9, but uh, that's in the afternoon and evening. But now they have an 8 to 10 a.m. happy hour as well. $5 Bloody Marys, $5 Caesars, and $5 Mimosa Pints. So uh, swing in Paradise Falls. Okay, there on the south side of town, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls. Missoula's coolest hotspot. Our Grizz star of the week, Eli Alford, a senior defensive tackle for the University of Montana. Uh, he will join us right after this. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. This is Nuanas Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio, Missoula. ESPN Radio, it's Nuanas Now. Coming to you from the ESPN MT studio. Thanks so much for tuning in. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television, or maybe you're streaming on the ESPN MT app. No matter how you are joining us, we appreciate you for being here. It's time now for our Grizz Star of the Week. It's presented by Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. Grizz have one regular season home game left, so be sure to go check out the Bob Ward's North End Zone Stadium store on game day. Best selection of Grizz gear you're going to find anywhere uh, in Missoula. They also have all the top brands like Under Armour, Nike, North Face. You can also always shop online, BobWards.com. Go down to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in. Grizz Senior Defensive Tackle, Eli Alford. He's our Grizz Star of the Week. Eli, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, man. First and foremost, how's practice today? I only ask because uh, a little <laughs> different than practice has been probably. It's not the nicest weather out there, so how'd it go? No, it was good. It was it was a whole lot of fun, I'll tell you that. Just had everyone flying around. The energy was super positive, and we were just having a really good time out there today. Well, last weekend, uh, it was pretty interesting because you guys got off to a great start against Cal Poly, and then the skies opened up, and the whole field is covered in snow, and I think the boys from California wanted to go home pretty quick there, uh, but you guys rolled all the way through it, so... Uh, I mean, you've played in snow before. Where did that one rank, just in terms of weather, the elements, and uh, also your performance in those elements? Uh, that was honestly one of my – I'd rank that up there in top, top one or two. I mean, I've played in a couple snow games in high school, being from Park City and all, but, I mean, being in Washington Grizzly Stadium with the amount of fans that we had and all the snow coming down, it was just – it's an unexplainable feeling. It was just really electric in there. And I don't know, everyone was just kind of feeding off the snow. And we're like, we just kind of took it to heart. We we're giving the Cali kids, we were just joking with them a little bit about the cold. And it was, it was a really good time. For sure. And you had a huge play 
in the first half of the game as well, I came up with your first sack of the season. So uh, what did you see on it? How did you make the move? And, and it's interesting, too, because you guys run such this uh, team-oriented mechanism-based defense, and so sometimes a sack is like a team statistic, right? And a lot of times the linebackers get to reap the benefits of what you guys up front are doing in terms of clearing the holes and setting up that sweet A-gap blitz that you guys run. But what did you see on your sack? What did it feel like to get a sack at home? Yeah, I mean, it was – it was awesome. Like you said, it's it's always a team effort. Like, whenever anyone's making a play, it usually happens because the other five guys up front are doing their job and everyone in the secondary are covering their man. But, yeah, I mean, on that play, I was just – I think I was in a three-tech and uh, it was just kind of a straight-up pass for us and I saw the the inside open up a little bit and I just took a little jab inside and – I mean, it just kind of freed up, and, like, once that stuff happens, it kind of just tunnel vision straight down, and then, I don't know, I hit him, next thing you know, I'm getting up, and everyone's, all my buddies are around me celebrating, and the crowd is just super loud and electric, and it was one of the best feelings ever. Like, it's so much fun, especially partying with all my teammates. Eli Alford here on Nuanas Now. He's our Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Bob Ward's. Sports and outdoors. And uh, speaking of some of those linebackers, I think it's so fun to watch your guys' linebackers fly around, but also so much of the stuff you guys do with your pressure game. And uh, so I want to ask you about the two senior guys from Montana because I think they both have great stories. Uh, to start with Marcus Wildo because he's done such a great job of uh, navigating all the different spots that they've asked him to play, and he's had a prolific senior year here. Uh, but he comes off your butt quite a bit when he's running that uh, A-gap blitz. So <laughs> what do you think makes him good at, at that? I mean, he seems to get home quite a bit, especially when he's coming right up the gut. Right. I mean, we just get a lot of practice in, so we're kind of just in tune with each other and the movements each one of us makes. But, yeah, I mean, Marcus is a hell of an athlete and super good guy, and he's just really – locked in on his craft and his work and I think he's just gotten tremendously better at his pass rushes I think all the backers have done that but yeah just being able to play with him and be his teammate for as long as I have we've just really got that connection going and and we just kind of feed off each other it's such a huge part of modern day football modern day defense is being able to set the edge and and we always kind of halfway joke but halfway seriously talk about how when Patrick O'Connell's going at his best he doesn't just set the edge. He sometimes just erases the edge because he comes off the edge so fast and he's he's just such has such an ability to time it up and, and do so many things in the run and the pass game. So um, what sort of element do you think he brings to your defense and uh, how is he able to get so much pressure like he does? Yeah, I mean, similar to Marcus, like we just practice it day to day. And, I mean, Pat, as you know, is an insane athlete, super fast, and he's always challenging everyone around him to – like compete with his level of speed, but I just think, yeah, he's an incredible pass rusher and incredible linebacker. I mean, it's kind of hard to compare him to anybody because he's like what he does is really on him, and it's just really fun playing with him. And if I can do anything to set him up to come free or other way around, he'll make a move and it'll free us guys on the inside up. So it goes both ways. But yeah, Pat's just really good at what he does. Eli Alford here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and uh, the ESPN MT app. Eli is a senior defensive tackle for the University of Montana. Uh, tell us just about your, your time in Missoula. You've been here for a while now, and you've joined us on the show before, but now it's uh, it's kind of 
winding down. And, uh, you, you know, it's, uh, I'm sure you're enjoying these, these last weeks and months with your teammates. But what's the experience been like for you? I mean, what have you thought of just your time in Missoula playing for the Grizz? Man, I've loved every single second I've spent here. Like as soon as they, as soon as I transferred in here, what was it like five years ago? It's been a while, but it's just felt like home automatically. And all my teammates, everyone just brought me in and like just the culture here, the fan base, it's everything you could want and ask for as a college football player. And I've just loved every second of it. I love the summers here. I love the winters here. I love everything about Montana and just playing football with a bunch of good dudes who really care about you and care about the sport and their team. There's just nothing like it. So my time here has been, it's been amazing. Well, you guys have uh, had such a, an interesting season with uh, a lot of adversity already, but you got back on track with the 57 nothing win over Cal Poly. Now you got one at least guaranteed home game left with Eastern Washington coming to town. Uh, so how would you gauge just sort of the level of focus right now amongst you guys? I know you're a focused group and a really hardworking group too, but what do you think of this opportunity you have on Saturday with Eastern Washington coming to town? Yeah, it's a, it's a big opportunity. Um, they're a good team like they have been in the past few years. I think everyone's really fired up to play them. Sorry, some background noise. All the big Dolan offense line guys are walking through. But Hey, that's good. No, <laughs> yeah. They, um, I think everyone's jacked up. I mean, the weather definitely gives a different kind of energy at practice, and we just get going. But, no, for me, uh, individually, like last, last year in the playoff game, I missed because of ankle injury. So I'm super jacked up to be playing these guys again and getting after them. So I just think playing against good teams is really fun for both sides. Well, your view from the sidelines then, I mean, obviously not, not ideal for you to be out in that game, but that was one of the craziest games ever from the atmosphere to how crazy the fans were going uh, to then just the back. Oh, yeah. I mean, in the back and forth, you guys get up huge, and then Eric Berry is throwing the ball crazy and threw the ball like 80 times. So what did you, you think of just watching that game last time you guys played Eastern Washington? <laughs> Man, that game was so much fun. Even just being on the sidelines, it was so electric in there. And, like, oh, just the energy. Like, I was hyping up all the guys on the sideline, just kept making sure that the other guys in my position just were locked in and knew what they were doing. But just, like, like almost every weekend in Washington Grizzly Stadium, it was electric, especially the nighttime in the – in the winter, it's just it's just a crazy different feeling, just kind of like it was last Saturday. But, yeah, that game was awesome to be a part of, even if I wasn't out there on the field. Eli Alford joining us here uh, on the Grizz uh, Star of the Week, presented by Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. Last couple things for you, Eli. Uh, I, I know that uh, you have confidence in all your teammates, but it, it really seemed like Lucas Johnson gave you guys a, a spark last week. So, what have you thought of his addition, and, and how do you think he's helped uh, just improve the Grizzly offense? Yeah, I mean, Lucas, known him for since the start of the year, and he's just came in, and he's he's just a leader, like, overall. He's a tremendous leader, a super good guy, and you could really tell that he knows what he's doing with the football. It's fun, honestly, when we're on defense and he's out there just watching him go to work and do his thing because – I mean, it gives us a break when they're driving down the field, first of all, which is nice, and just 
I don't know. It's fun watching a quarterback like him who can run the ball and throw the balls like he can. Like, Lucas, he's a of our team, and he fits in really well with all the rest of the guys that are here. Blessing for you, then. 1 p.m. kickoff, the Grizz host Eastern Washington. Final game of the year, at least for the regular season, at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Eastern Washington coming to town, and they've struggled so far this year, but they still have a very explosive offense. A couple of the best playmaking guys in the league on the perimeter in Freddie Roberson and Efton Chisholm. What do you think of the matchup, and, and uh, how have you guys sort of got about prepared for this matchup this weekend with the Eagles coming to town? Yeah, I think they're a really good team, and I mean, regarding how we were prepare, I think it, we prepare just like we do every week. I mean, nothing really changed because it's those guys, but yeah, I mean, everyone's super locked in. We all know how talented their players are and how good of a team they are, no matter what the record is. So everyone's super locked in, and we're really focused on just going one and zero this week and continuing to keep our season alive. They go Grizz host Eastern Washington at 1 p.m. Washington Grizzly Stadium. Eli Alford, Grizz senior defensive tackle, joining us here on Nuanas Now. Eli, thanks for taking a minute for us today, man, and best of luck with the rest of your senior year. Best of luck on Saturday. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Grizz Star of the Week presented each Wednesday by Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. It's winter. I don't know if you noticed, but it came quick. You need some new gloves, some hat, you know, maybe a coat. You, you definitely need all those things. But if you want some new styles, the best brands, go check out Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. You can check out their headquarters on Paxson right behind Southgate Mall. You can also visit the Bob Ward's North End Zone store inside the uh, Washington Grizzlies Stadium. And you can always shop online. 24-7 at BobWards.com. What's going on the rest of the week? We'll get you all set up. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. I'm on a sting kick. You know, I get, to, I get on kicks from time to time. Who am I kidding? Get on kicks all the time. But I'm on a sting kick now, so a little police for you here on your Wednesday. Hope you're driving slow. Hope you're being safe out there. It ain't great, but I, I'm just, like I keep saying, bring it on. Pour it on. Let's go. Give me the harshest winter known to man. It, it, it's all part of the initiation, you know? Any, of the, any and all the newcomers around here. We just uh, we need you to be locked in. We we need you to know what it's like to live in a true Montana winter. Snowman is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Missed anything in the show today? Great show, great lineup of guests for you. Sam Herder, Hero Sports, did some bracketology with us, all about the FCS. We also heard from Montana State offensive coordinator Taylor Housewright. We heard from Grizz hockey coach Mike Anderson. We heard from our Grizz Star of the Week, Eli Alford, and we talked all the way around the Big Sky Conference, past and present, with the one and only, the big human, Mike Kramer. Some terse words and some great analysis from the big human all about just uh, just how tough it is when you get put behind the eight ball because of some scheduling stuff 
uh, at the Big Sky Conference level that's basically used to fund a lot of different things at the athletic department. I thought that was a really interesting part of the conversation. We also talked some trends throughout the Big Sky, and uh, great conversation. All of today's show can be found. Two different one-hour-long episodes of Nuanas Now on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It's probably presented the Nuanas Now podcast is by the M Store and the Montana State Bookstore. Yesterday, as the show was going on, the uh, University of Montana men's basketball team was opening up their 2022-2023 uh, season. And what went from a, a decent start for the Grizzlies, they were up 5-4 to four after, a, uh, actually they were up 8-4 to four after a couple three-pointers, which looked like it was a uh, harbinger of good things to come. Then it was 14-12, to 12, Duquesne, they were playing in Pittsburgh against Duquesne, and uh, 14 to 12, and it, it appeared that Montana was in for a good game. And then the Dukes slapped a full court press on Montana and just eviscerated them. And, and Duquesne went on a 31 to 7 run, and they were up by uh, 20 plus points. They, they, they got their first 20 point lead eight minutes into the game, and they didn't have anything less than a 20 point lead for the whole rest of the game. The deficit got as bad as 81-41. The Grizz were losing by 40 with six minutes to go in this game. And they end up uh, falling 91-63. I mean, there's no other way to slice it. It was, uh, it was a really, really disappointing opener for the Grizz. The Grizz have not won a season opener in men's hoops in more than a decade. But a part of that is that they played... Usually when they open the season against Oregon or Washington or, uh, you know, a power five type program, Duquesne, while they do have 10 new players and only two returning starters from a year ago, they still were picked to finish last in the Atlantic 10. They were on a 17 game losing streak until last night's result. So no matter what way you slice it, it wasn't good. I guess one piece of, of solace you could find if you're the Grizz is that everybody in the Big Sky lost in their opening game. Every single team in the Big Sky Conference that has opened their season lost. So not a good start to the year. I know it's only one game in. You play 30-plus games in the Division One college level. But I, I don't know. I Like I always mention, I don't have a horse in this race. I don't, I don't have a rooting interest or disinterest in any of these teams. But... Because I'm going to invest a lot of time and energy uh, into covering the Big Sky Conference, I would like the conference as a whole to be good. I would like the conference as a whole to be competitive. I would like the conference as a whole to fit somewhere into the national landscape that isn't at the bottom of it when it comes to men's basketball. And uh, you know, I don't think you can really define that we know one way or the other if that's the case yet. But everybody losing their opener... Uh, not very good. I mean, Northern Arizona played Michigan State. Northern Colorado played Houston. Eastern Washington played Santa Clara, which maybe is a, a sort of winnable game, but Santa Clara has been good. Weaver State played Washington, and Sac State played UCLA. Those are all $90,000 paydays. You're doing it for the budget of your program. You're in, you're out. You lost it. Okay, whatever, move on. But 
You know, Idaho had a decent uh, a, a decent chance to win at Denver. No dice, 68-63. The Vandals lost. Idaho State had a, probably the best effort. They lost 60-56 to at BYU. And uh, Montana State, they blew a big lead, a 17-point halftime lead at Grand Canyon and uh, lost 60-54. to So most of the games in the opening week schedule, you didn't really think that uh, the Big Sky teams were going to win those. So I'm not trying to just, you know, be a a total predictor of, of poor things to come. But there were some games, including the games for the Montana schools, that you, you'd hope to go on the road and be competitive. The Cats were competitive, but they, they probably are kicking themselves for letting one slip away in Phoenix to Grand Canyon. And the Grizzlies weren't competitive, man. I mean, the game was over eight minutes in. It was really, really disappointing because, you know, they've, they've talked about the revamped roster and they brought in all these new guys. They got rid of a lot of guys they thought were dead weight. Uh, you can't go lose to a last place team by 30 on the road when you were uh, hoping to go on the road and get a win. So, uh, no bueno. A lot of basketball left to play. That's why basketball is so much different than football. You can play awful for stretches of weeks at a time. And if you just get turned around by January, February, and March and get rolling into the conference tournament, especially in a one-bid league like the Big Sky, it's actually truly the only thing that matters. The Big Sky slate uh, picks back up tomorrow. No games tonight, but NAU's at Arizona State. Walla Walla's at Idaho. Western Colorado plays at Weber State. West Cliff plays at Idaho. So, excuse me, Idaho State. So the league will get a bunch of victories on Thursday. And then uh, Friday, the Grizz back in action. They play... Uh, at Xavier in Cincinnati, so they play a Big East school. That's uh, not necessarily the way. That's an easy way to get back on track. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Uh, another fun slate for you. We'll hear from Spencer Brash, Cal Poly quarterback, Grizz volleyball coach Allison Lawrence, Brooks Nuanas for some betting, and we'll also talk some high school football. We'll see you then. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delans of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, it's all we practice. Uh, you're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in M- Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 MontanaAdvocates.com.